0: Good day to you, one and all. It's Chappie, the British butler, and I'm here, yet again, for Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Now, we did have uh, an independent auditor and adjudicator, and I asked them to go through how many of the uh, limericks we had been through and our 21 limerick salute to Joe Biden, uh, celebrating his Irish heritage. And uh, we actually got... I believe uh, the next limerick will be number 13. Lucky for some or unlucky for some? We'll see. Um, so that's continuing. A little salute to, uh, to the new president, hail to the chief in the form of a limerick. Um, and, uh, and then also, I, I asked them to sort of back count how many episodes of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese we had. And this is actually episode number 55. Um, they've been for all of them because I know we, we, we do have a mathematical error sometimes when it comes to, uh, to counting the number of podcasts we've done but this, this is actually the 55th episode of uh, Keep Karma Cauliflower Cheese and I'm your dear host I'm a humble butler I'm, I'm in Colorado uh, I spend most of my t- uh, time darning socks um, the master of the house wants me to be a little bit more thrifty and, uh, and that's what I do here at, here at chappie Towers and um, I, I believe in a very incredibly hot iron I believe in very strong tea uh, I don't reuse tea bags so no double tea bagging uh, in this household and uh, and you're very welcome here. I mean make yourself a cup of tea lay back sit down uh, rest those weary legs and uh, enjoy the podcast because i I see it almost as a you know how you like, I don't know if you've ever had a calf massage before, but this podcast is a little bit like a calf massage. It's a rigorous calf massage just to get the, the, the blood flowing again. And that's really what this podcast is. It's to get the, uh, you know, the blood flowing through the calves again and any other region that you need flowing through. Um, so we, we, we're doing two podcasts every week now, and um, it's almost like a dynamic duo of podcasts. Um, so it's a little Batman and Robin I would say but it's probably not you know a tough Batman and Robin it's probably more the Adam West it's a little camp it's kapow kaplunk you know bim bash boom you know all of those going on Uh, that's the sort of uh, that's the sort of superhero podcast we are Uh, we're a little cheesy slightly camp uh, and we do like to wear uh, full stocking outfits so very very tight um and uh, and a utility belt preferably yellow and and a rather flailing cape that's the sort of podcast we are um so anyway you know and also i mean something i uh, you know if you if you have any cuticle problems um in the course of the pot you know in the week this is the perfect time to pluck one's cuticles during the during the, the, the you know the hour long well, hour or so long podcast that we have here, excellent for cuticle trimming. Um, so welcome along, and uh, as I said, it's absolutely delicious to have you here. And uh, some of the things that we may or may not be talking about today, uh, we've we're going to have our uh, historical Tinder competition. We're reopening the Anglo um, the Anglo Antique Arc. where we're looking at foods from yesteryear. How could we eat some of these things? How could we have some of these things in our house? That's what the Anglo-Arc, Antique Arc is about. Um, And uh, some of the other things that we may be looking at. I found a new vessel, a new vessel, a new new component for a slingshot or a catapult. I'll be introducing you to that. Why do people run so erectly? Why Why do they have to improve their posture when they run? We'll be looking at that as well. Um, I saw a very strange sign up in the neighborhood as well. It made me thinking. It made me, It started me thinking. And, and, and it really is something that I've been trying to sort of reintroduce to the uh, audio world out there at the moment. Um, and, and it, and it was, came true today. It rang true. It was almost like a Nostradamus prediction on this sign. And we'll be looking at that later. Um, also, um, something else that's gone missing in a bygone age. There used to be many of these things where are they all gone is that a bit of a mystery for you we'll be examining that as well i know very very mysterious mysterious type of sherlock type of butler today um and um and also uh, we never looked at subliminal playlists yesterday we never talked about the baked potato uh we never talked about liz hurley uh actually she actually has a vat of marmalade cooking and she makes it in a bikini i mean what else would you wear why even wear a pinny just put the bikini on and make steaming hot molten hot marmalade i do like an orange marmalade Uh, i i I don't like too thick a shred in the marmalade i don't like it too bitter i like sort of slivery pieces in there uh, sort of a golden shred type of uh, feel so not too manly type of marmalade is, is is my key uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to the marmalade, you'd always triple the butter. Though people who ask me, how do you triple butter? Well, you put a load of butter on, put a knob of butter on, let it melt, then another knob, and then a knob. So three knobs in total on the butter to do the triple buttering. Um, and uh, you know, as I said, we have we, we we do have quite a busy show here, um, and COVID and masculinity. Are you the new puppy man or a Zoom daddy? Uh, we never covered apres ski yesterday. Uh, my pupils ate cheese sandwiches for 17 weeks. Um, woodpeckers follow the drill to avoid getting stuck. Um, and also uh, frogs wave hello to attract males. What do the female frogs do? That's the question. Maybe we'll see that later. Flight attendant claims you never drink these beverages on an aeroplane. Um, I know we talked about the flight attendant on uh, HBO Max. Go and watch that, and also something else that I absolutely uh, found delightful, very disturbing, very disturbing. It's about Charles Sobhraj, the infamous serial killer, who uh, who was in Asia in Bangkok, also in uh, in Nepal, uh, called the Serpent. Coming to Netflix very soon, but you can watch it on the BBC at the moment. Uh, it's also very, very delicious uh, uh, and, uh, and 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 very risque, beautifully shot and uh, the the soundtracks to die for and the clothes are too but pretty uncomfortable not gratuitous but uncomfortable uh, to say the least and um, also we're going to have some uh, trumple trombone um, as well six unusual whiskies to buy for burns night is burns night is it today i don't know i'll check that and i'll get back to you on uh, in a while um, also keep off the grass council pleads as pampas goes viral on Instagram um, also we're going to be looking at the power nap Boris Johnson is very very partial to the power nap um, less red meat and more green vegetables halves risk of fatty liver disease as well um, then what has Trump's got this obsession with the village people with YMCA he loves it you know do you think Trump would be the policeman? Would he be the uh, would he be the Native American chief, or possibly the construction worker he uh, has on a visa and uh, decides not to pay for twenty years? Um, anyway, so again, a jam packed uh, jam show. I don't think we uh, ever talked about the pot pizza chain, um, the gentleman who's selling pizza that has marijuana in it. Um, we didn't uh, we didn't look at that yesterday. Uh, as part of the uh, as part of the podcast, um, and uh, also um, we have uh, the first preserved dinosaur butthole. Uh, that's going to be part of Trump or trombone, the preserved dino- dinosaur butthole. And also um, Chuck Schumer had a, a little bit of a faux pas on the Senate floor as he took over leadership of uh, of the Senate. Um, so we'll be, uh, I'm sure. Uh, delving into that as well and nuts nuts glorious nuts nuts are the you know some of the healthiest things you can pop into your mouth Um, we'll be looking at the uh, gorgeousness and nutritional value of nuts coming along the podcast today so there's been a shocking discovery electric eels hunt in packs a five-day boat trip up the erie river deep in the amazon ray forest there's a small brown lake At the bottom, hidden in the sludgy mud, are more than a hundred electric eels, each up to four feet long. These eels do things that eels shouldn't do. They hunt in a pack. For most of the day, they lie still while above them tropical fish swim. But in the jungle twilight, those supposedly solitary animals come together in swirling, churning mashes, Uh, masses herding the fish into tighter and tighter balls until they're ready to zap them with 860 volts of electricity the behavior recorded for the first time changes our view of the nature of eels which are generally viewed as loners Uh, not only uh, was it a surprise to uh, electric eels coordinating their hunting it was a surprise to see the fish uh, doing any kind of things like this only nine other species are known to do it this is an extraordinary discovery David de Santana at the Smithsonian National Museum of National History nothing like this has ever been documented in electric eels hunting in groups is pretty common amongst mammals but it's very rare in fishes so they basically t- uh, um, turn their prey their fish prey into jellied, uh, jelly jelly um, not the jelly deals that you get uh, obviously over at the east end i mean sticking on the subject of eels it made me it did make me think as a, of course the, the uh, butler's mind is very curious and wanders in very fertile directions uh, as per usual um, but i talked about the jelly deals that you see in the east end of london so i mean a lot of people i think americans listen to this, say how do you eat these how the? how on earth do you eat kidney soup how on earth do you how on earth do you eat blood pudding you know the black or white pudding Absolutely an abomination of uh, culinary uh, delights is the black pudding or, uh, or the uh, spotted dick, which is a sponge pudding with raisins in it, basically, uh, with often you know, custard on top. But the jellied eels are a traditional English dish originated in the 18th century, primarily in the East End of London. The dish consists of chopped eels boiled in a spice stock that is allowed to cool and set forming a jelly. And it's eaten cold i guess you have to be a little bit careful if you're hunting the eels to make into this uh, east end delicacy um if they're hunting in fours or fives you could uh, you could get a nasty sting on the backside without a doubt so you have to be a little bit more cautious and stealthy when it comes to uh when it comes to uh hunting the eels the eel is a cheap and nutritious readily available food source for the people of london european eels uh, once so common in the Thames uh, were set up, uh, up as an updriver into London itself and the eels became a staple for London's poor the earliest known eel pie and mash houses opened in uh, London in the 18th century so you have you can have a uh, uh, you know jelly eels and mashed potato uh, and you know um, so basically a jelly deal pie and mash um, At the end of the second World War there were around 100 eel pie and mash houses in London in 1995 there were 87. Um, now they're sold uh, in some of the capital's delicatessen shops and supermarkets the water quality of the thames has improved greatly since the 1960s and is now suitable for the recolonization of eels so uh, i wonder you know do you think the the eu the european eel is maybe slightly bent or crooked or do you think the british eel is a little bit more crooked than the european eel i mean these are rules and regulations do you need a straight eel or is a Is a crooked eel just as good when it's jellied? I mean, I don't know. Um, The dish is traditionally prepared in the freshwater eels native to Britain. Typically, eels are chopped into rounds, boiled in water and vinegar made into a fish stock with nutmeg and lemon juice, allowed to cool. the eel is naturally gelatinous. I mean, can you imagine at a child's birthday party when you're serving um, jelly or jello and ice cream? If you have a scoop of jellied eel instead. I mean, it could cause an absolute uproar. I mean, you could become you could become ostracised out of a community for serving, uh, you know, serving cups uh, or scoops of jelly deal instead of uh, rocky road or vanilla bean or something. But there we go. That's jelly deals. So next time you're, you're hunting the jelly deals, be careful. Always look behind you. Okay. So let's do a trio or a quartet of limericks now. In the 21 limerick salute to the new president and his Irish heritage. Um, so let's have a think here we shall we do yeah let's do a couple of um we'll do let's do two clean ones and two dirty ones okay a wonderful bird is the pelican his beak can hold more than his belly can he can hold it in his beak enough food for a week though i'm damned if i know how the hell he can all right there we go there was a young belle of old Natchez, whose garments were always in patches. When comments arose on the state of her clothes, she replied, When I itches, I scratches. Right, so they're the clean ones. So we have a couple of clean ones. So we had um, we had number 13, 14, and let's do 15 and 16 now uh, in, in celebration of our... Uh, our limerick uh, our limerick uh, game our limerick celebration here and uh, uh, we have a couple of dirty ones now I did hear that people thought that I was not reading the limericks in advance so I was being rather shocked by the content of the limericks and in truth I was I mean I I knew The Lady of Nantucket but I never remembered the ending of The Lady of Nantucket so I do apologise but I think I edited myself as I went along There once was a man named O'Doul, who saw little red spots on his tool. His doctor, a cynic, said, get out of my clinic and wipe off that lipstick, you fool. A damsel, seductive and handsome, got wedged in a sleeping room transom. When she offered much gold for release, she was told that the view was worth more than the ransom. All right, so we've got number 14, number 14 on our list of Limerick Gold, a Limerick Salute, a 21 Limerick Salute. Yes, uh, we, we have some news coming in. Uh, your host, Champy has been called an aegit. Um, and I've got the tally wrong. Uh, we've actually had 16, uh, repeat 16 in terms of the uh, 21 limerick salute. We're at number 16. Okay, so since the days of Goliath, David and Goliath, we've had, I mean, they, I think they were the first to use the catapult or the sling shot. Um, now, traditionally, uh, they've, they've used stones rounded rocks for a catapult I suggest to you the listener of Keep Coming Cauliflower Cheese that you can use a new vessel a new item in your catapult or slingshot. this item could be dried out very very dried out incredibly dry and hardened meatloaf meatloaf is one of my least favorite dishes i think it's horrible i mean it's like the poor man's shepherd's pie i'm sorry mashed together meat with mashed together vegetables There's often too dry now a moist meatloaf wouldn't wouldn't work in the catapult i mean that would go absolutely everywhere you know you, you would you'd probably get sprayed with meatloaf shrapnel if you use that in the catapult but the dry meatloaf the sort you get, maybe you know, when you're a ch- attending some sort of church function, which you know, obviously, Chappie seems like a fairly godless fellow. Um, but but no, I've been mean, to my church. You know, I had to go six days a week at boarding school. Um, but you know, the meatloaf often was served, and it was very dry. And you could put this in a slingshot, and I think you could get, I think you could get armies retreating for fear. Of the dry, hardened meatloaf being fired at them, either in a catapult, you could have a meatloaf cannon as well, and and fire all that dry, meaty goodness over the enemy. I think you know that that that's what the that's what the enemy would be fearful of. Forget chemical warfare or anything like that. Hardened meatloaf fired over into the enemy line. It doesn't matter. I mean, it could penetrate trenches. This thing could cause serious damage. It could knock down trenches but um yeah so if anybody ever sends me any food items through the mail please never send the meatloaf okay so COVID and masculinity are you a new puppy man or a zoom daddy hey bros which pandemic tribe are you in here are some of the suggestions given that masculinity has been in crisis for long as anybody remembers, certainly since the mid-90s, which is pretty much the same thing. How has it been affected by this new pressing crisis, COVID-19? Has existentialist nature, its issues around nebulous qualities such as identity, purpose, status, privilege, all triggered, of course, by decades of evolving feminist politics, the demise of British industry, the blue-collar jobs, has it been overshadowed by COVID's more immediate threat? Has working from home integrated men more completely with their domestic situations, blessing them finally with a precious dream of perfect work-life balance? Did the Thursday night neighborhood clap awaken a hitherto unsuspected sense of community within their broadening chests? Has a lifestyle limited by lockdown alerted them to the possibility of finding joy in the smallest things uh, such as birdsong, dog memes, a friendly wave from a passing driver? Has the good-humoured determination of Captain Sir Tom Moore, the resolver of Marcus Rashford, shown them another way to be male, planting uh, within them the urge to think of others before themselves, or have they resorted to a classic, stoic, beefed-up, stiff-upper-lip interpretation of manliness? Based on the anecdotal evidence, a lot of podcasts, a succession of uh, WhatsApp groups, threads and ramblings on Twitter, the December Vogue issue of Harry Styles wearing a Gucci dress Um, pronounced an outright attack on manly manly men. The conclusions of some actual uh, peer-reviewed academic studies I think is much more complicated. Masculinity in COVID has been increasingly fraught and fractured business, not unlike humanity itself. For example, a study published last July in the Cambridge University Press revealed that men in the time of COVID are much more likely to endorse virus-related conspiracy theories than women on account of their greater... Um, uh, urge towards learned helplessness and conspiratorial thinking. Uh, so, you know, we have, we have a, a selection of, um, you know, some of, the, some of the categories that men may have moved into. Uh, first of all, we have the Zoom Daddy, whom working from home has provided with the opportunity to de- demonstrate his workmates how extremely engaged and present he is as a, as a father. Loves nothing better than interrupt online business meetings. Hey guys, Sorry. Uh, I'm going to have to pause. My youngest is here. Um, Ezekiel, what do you need? Um, Mr. Grateful spends a lot of time, uh, anyone who's listening, uh, that is, uh, given a, a new appreciation for life and that he's a grateful uh, for all that he's got, which uh, uncon- uncoincidentally tends to be quite a lot by most people's standards. Uh, his bolt hole in the Cotswolds plus space for a peloton in the London Gaff, an absolute minimum. Grew a moustache musta- uh, in lockdown. Man, uh, you know the sort of man we're talking about. Kept it through lockdown two, then on to tier three, because he actually really thinks the moustache suits him. And then you've got the bearded man. Grew it in lockdown because he wanted to know his mind was occupied by bigger things. Kept it because he reckons it makes him look looks like a pirate. Uh, long-haired man, otherwise known as man who needs a haircut. Grew it through lockdown one because the barber was shut and he didn't dare attempt to buzz cut him himself. Uh, without a a neighbor's help for a fear of looking out like a like a looking like an out-of-touch white supremacist uh is what it is man hopes to pass on his attitude towards all that is one that is gentle and enlightened there's a sort of resignation here in fact he's actually depressed uh the aggressive public workout man started taking his own dumbbells to the local park the very moment the gyms closed so he might deadlift that terrifying intensity in decent audible grunting uh scaring legions of passing dog walkers Um, not to be confused with strava man peloton man or nouveau cyclist uh we've got the free swimmer dude extremely smug about uh, being in the tiny minority of people who can practice their chosen fitness disciplines even in tier four takes particular pride in uh, not wearing a wetsuit when he swims the lakes rivers canals of britain being really really unnecessarily cold is all part of his thing Wear shorts all the time, man. Completely lost the habit of full trouser, circa April 2020. Lockdown video calls in general, falling of standards, rending them somewhat obsolete. Uh, you have the apocalypse man, life in a global pandemic just suits him far better. Uh, long-standing antisocial tendencies multiplied by a natural instinct to shore up the household boundaries. Um, and then you've got uh, the baby boomer of previously mild-mannered disposition who fell down a facebook rabbit hole sometimes in may only to emerge fully radicalized by conspiracy theorists and COVID denial uh they completely obsessed by the u.s election man ended up so frazzled he had to make a complete extremely complex dish from the uh latest uh, very complex cookbooks out there the corporate stooge released spent his life pre covid in in, uh, in in boardroom meetings or on planes flying to international uh boardroom meetings now all of this is uh uh, is quite out of the question and it turns out he can do pretty much everything he wants uh, from home out of his spare room then you have the midlife casual man who work from home has released a life in suit shirts and general corporate drag allowing him to discover an aesthetic he never dreamt of being casual the over diligent queuing guy uh, i've got a new puppy man the uh, crafting man corona's response to the diy dude the middle management exec Reborn got laid off after his company restructured. Early COVID uh, found as a working uh, as a delivery driver for Uber now. Political correctness in the time of Corona Man had a massive argument with his wife when he caught her attempting to hide discarded Amazon packages in the recycling after they both have officially, officially sworn off uh, throwing things away and not recycling can seriously considering keeping chickens man his wife has expressly forbidden him um, uh, to get grounds of, uh, to buy chickens on the grounds of uh, is a gateway to getting goats uh, and then the man who definitely had it last february uh, not that he's taken a test doesn't need to just knows you know okay so we have our game of historical tinder where we take a despot or a slightly unconvincing leader And we decide, uh, is the axe or the guillotine going to swing left or right? Are they going to escape? Do they have any uh, other forms of delectation like um, a uh, a sort of over obsessive compulsive disorder or uh, maybe they're um, uh, a pervert or something along those lines? History is full of them. And uh, Richard uh, II, unlike Richard III has a good reason to feel grateful towards Shakespeare, who portrayed this startlingly incompetent monarch as a tragic figure, evicting of circumstances and of others, of machinations, rather than the vain self-regarding author of his own downfall he actually was. Uh, learning nothing from the disastrous precedent of Edward II Richard Richard II alienated the nobility by gathering a bunch of cronies around him and ended up in confrontation with Parliament over his demand for money his reign descended into a game of political manoeuvre between himself and his much more able and impressive uncle John of Gaunt who uh, degenerating into a gory grudge match between Richard and the five lords of whom he either had killed or forced into exile Richard uh, might have redeemed himself by uh, prowess of, in war or administration, but he possessed neither. Henry Bolingbroke's coup of 1399, um, illegal though it was, no doubt was, uh, brought an end to Richard's disastrous reign. Richard II had his defenders uh, nowadays, who doubtless take issue with his inclusion on this incompetent list, but it's uh, really little to say for him as a ruler. So I was strolling around the neighbourhood a little bit earlier today, and um, you know, obviously, people have signs up for all sorts of sales, and um, one caught my eye, which I thought was very weird. I thought must have been some sort of spelling mistake, but I saw etched onto this board yarn sale. Now I thought it must be a yard sale. But I walked further up the road, and uh, and I saw uh, it said yarn sale again. And this made me think, you know, first of all, my my whole uh, campaign to bring back, back the thrift thriftiness. That's difficult to say with or without your teeth in, by the way, um, of uh, of darning. So I think why not yarning and darning? I think it would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's like whining and dining for the more thrifty uh, Gen Z crew. Who don't drink. Uh, don't do drugs and probably never have any of the uh, nookie on the side. So yarning and darning. I mean, it could be, it's very suburban. Suburban Denver, probably. Um, but there's yarn sales, massive, huge yarn sale. That's what it said. But it made me think, maybe we've reached, it, it could be, It could. We, we could be this close to the apocalypse that all men in Denver have decided to shave off their beards and their back hair, and they've made it into yarn to make blankets for winter warmth for the homeless. So all the beards, all these ridiculous beards that people have grown over the last few years and in lockdown have been made into blankets or sweaters or shawls or cardigans. I mean, wouldn't that be fantastic? And this is why there is now an uptick in the amount of yarn that there is in Colorado at the moment. This is why they're having a huge, huge yarn sale. Because it is it, it's basically, it's, it's people, it's, the Barbarossas and back hair have been shaved off. And now we have excess fluff and hair. I mean, it's not even spring yet. Birds cannot make nests out of this hair. So people are making it into yarn. And it made me, it made me consider that Joe Exotic, the Tiger King, should cut off his mullet and, and make it into it and give it. And, and you can make Joe Exotic's mullet into a set, uh, into a sweater. There's more waterproof grease in those in those locks than lambs wool. I mean you could you could probably you could probably uh, wild swim in a lake or an ocean and not get wet at all. Because there's so much grease. It would just it's like a bird's bill or a, a goose's bill. It would just run off you. There's so much grease in those locks. I mean I do think that, you know, with this huge increase in yarn and the hope and prayer that all these ridiculous beards have been shaved off that now uh, we could use these beds, making blankets and mullet sweaters mullet sweaters could become a delicacy okay here we go again with the limericks so we've had the auditor in and this is a 17th this is a 17th limerick we have going here and let's do another another a quartet i think here a flea and a fly in a flue were imprisoned so what could they do Said the fly, let us flee. Let us fly, said the flea. So they flew for a floor in the flue. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> so that's 17. Number 18. The, uh, the turtle lives twisted decks, which practically conceals its sex. I think it's clever of the turtle in such a fix to be so fertile. All right, and we'll, and we'll, and we'll hop back to these uh, disgraceful, naughty, dirty dirty limericks here Um, there once was a barmaid from Vale tattooed on her chest the price of ale and on her behind for the sake of the blind was the same information in Braille and uh, so yeah so we got to we've done 17 18 19 and uh, and we'll do one more we'll do 20 and then we'll finish uh, the show off in a little bit with number 21 okay number 20 this is in celebration the 21 limerick salute there once was a maid from madras who kept a pretty young ass not pretty in pink as you might think but was gray had long ears and ate grass there we go ladies and gentlemen that's number 20 okay another session of trumple trombone we take the uh, most heinous heinous crimes headline wise in the newspapers and we equate them to a trump, or indeed a trombone. And uh, so, first up on the uh, first up on the this uh, this session, uh, we have um, a woman creates genderless pack of playing cards, so a queen cannot trump a king. Uh, so, in the day and age where we're conscientious and uh, and passionate about gender equality. Have you ever stopped to wonder why the male monarch still trumps a queen in a pack of cards? This is something that doesn't sit right with a 23-year-old Indy melanic, so she decided to take matters into her own hands. The forensic psychology graduate spent a while thinking about how she could make a change after a lot of uh, trialing, uh, creating a genderless and race-neutral deck of cards, where the king, queen, and jack instead replaced with gold, silver, and bronze. The dupe a modern set of cards to the modern world. If we have this hierarchy where the king is worth more than the queen, and this subtle inequality influences people in their daily lives. Um, But it makes me think though, um, it's the joker, the joker. I mean, would he be like a eunuch? Would he be genderless? So there'd be no bell shaking from his head. Um, How does one play Old Maid now? Could Old Maid be an Old Queen, maybe? Um, Or maybe it's just all a three-card trick. And a dad has shown off the incredible Harry Potter-themed secret hideaway created for his daughter in the cupboard under the stairs. His creation is far from the dusty room full of spiders Harry called his bedroom in Dursley uh, household with the dad finishing the project in time to unveil it to his eight-year-old daughter at Christmas. The outside of the cupboard is decorated with a portrait of the fat lady who guards the entrance to Gryffindor Tower, with visitors having to know the correct password to gain access. The door then swings open to reveal a Ravenclaw flag, the house in which his daughter was sorted into, and the floating LED candles hanging from the ceiling. But I'm just thinking, if the dad has created his wondrous uh, Harry Potter kingdom for his daughter. They're going to have to add an extension, especially for Hagrid, who's a slightly wider wizard. Then the Chinese restaurant owner has been praised for extremely honest menu descriptions. Before taking the plunge and ordering food from a new restaurant, people often look at reviews uh, TripAdvisor, Google. Uh, but what you expect to see is the owner of the restaurant leaving their own critique. Uh, but uh, Fei Gang Fei, Aunt Die in Montreal, Canada, prefers to give his customers extremely honest opinions of his food. The menu was shared by a fan of the restaurant, King Belair, Air, um, and uh, the users have praised the owner for keeping it real. Uh, so with the orange beef, uh, the owner's words comparing it to our general sal chicken, this one is not that good. Uh, anyway, I'm not a big fan of North American Chinese food, and that's uh, your call if you're going to choose it. Um, <laughs> so, uh the owner also revealed that he's not a fan of the sweet and spicy pork strips with its different from the version he used to eat in, at the university in China. Um, I, I mean, I would hate him to describe the essence of prawn balls. His menu is sarcasm, uh, which is a lot more sour than sweet, with added MSG. And the woman shares genius lint roller test to find out if your partner is, uh, is cheating. A woman has been praised for FBI levels of investigation after sharing a hilariously simple method to discover if your significant other has been unfaithful. TikTok user boasts more than 1.7 million followers, um, t- You know, discovered a-, a clip that captioned how to find out if your man's cheating. It's racked up more than 12 million views. As she explained, ladies, if you want to find out if your guy is cheating on you, get uh, this yourself and roll it all over the carpet. Andrea then uses the lint roller over the floor in her bedroom's bu- uh, boyfriend's bedroom, picking up plenty of dust along the way. Uh, appeared to be a few strands of red hairs that were impossible to uh, spot before. Um, I mean, in this case, I mean, what happens if it was, uh, you know, the the most impressive red-headed hound, the Nova Scotia duck tolling? I mean, uh, if she had one of those in the pack, and, you know, you could uh, be picking up the red hair off the carpet, and it was a Nova Scotia duck tolling retriever uh, who has auburn locks as well. Or maybe the boyfriend had some sort of poodle perversion. (coughs) And a man who changes his name to Celine Dion after having far too much to drink. A 30-year-old man decided to change his name to Celine Dion after having too many glasses of wine. Thomas Dodd, otherwise known as Celine, had the idea while watching the Canadian singer's concerts. He thought it would be a great idea to pay $89, $89, officially to take her name, but completely forgot about uh, when the official Depot documents landed this Wednesday uh, on his doorstep. And, really, and, and he found out that he had actually, well drunk. Uh, changed his name to indeed Celine Dion. Um, apparently he had had enough wine to sink the Titanic uh, but in the end he just said c'est la vie, my heart will go on. Uh, but he certainly didn't feel like he was king of the world after that. <coughs> and Oscar Mayer is hiring hot doggers to drive the Wienermobile. Have you been looking for something that will stand out on your resume? Are you the kind of person who wants to work your buns off while meeting hot dog fans uh, across the country? Or maybe you've always dreamed of driving a weird car. This could be a lucky day because Oscar Mayer is looking to hire a new crew of hot doggers to drive the Oscar Mayer, uh, Mayer wiener uh, The Chicago-based company is looking for recent college graduates to take a one-year paid job crisscrossing the country in a lo- long 20-foot uh, long uh, hot dog uh, shaped vehicle. Um, I mean, you might need Bernie to come along and sanitize the Wienermobile. Uh, It may not be a good example to encourage hot dogging, uh, especially when uh, hot peppers or pickles are involved. And a bodybuilder has married a sex doll revealed she tragically broke just before Christmas Yuri Tokolga from Kazakhstan is now waiting to see if his wife called Margot can be repaired in time uh, for just after Christmas. Um, She's broken. Now she's being repaired. She's in another city. When she recovers, there'll be a gift for both of us. He did not explain how Margot uh, that he married, the sex doll, uh, got broken. Um, I mean... (laughs) I guess in this case it, it was a sex doll wasn't just for Christmas so there were no festive frolics for him. Maybe next time he should try a wooden nutcracker doll. They are certainly more wooden in the bedroom uh, and indeed have a collapsible jaw. And a South Carolina couple accused of having sex in a 200 foot tall ferris wheel is, uh, are facing a, 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 a lewdness charge of public lewdness um, and the incident was captured on a video. Uh, which the police allegedly found uploaded on a porn site. Eric and Laurie Harmon were both arrested with charges of indecent exposure, uh, the record shown. Uh, police found the duo having sex in a glass chamber on the Land- motor M- 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 Beach Skywheel uh, but apparently they had had sex on uh, many of the other uh, rides as well. Um, I, mean, in this case, <laughs> I mean in this case they were caught uh, diddling on the Dipper, fiddling on the Ferris Luckily there were no cotton candy uh, or sticky toffee apples involved uh, but apparently they did feel that they had uh, the platinum pass uh, which was access to all areas. And finally the first preserved uh, dinosaur butthole is perfect and unique, paleontologist says. The first dinosaur butthole ever discovered is shedding light where the sun doesn't shine the discovery reveals uh, how dinosaurs use this multi-purpose opening uh, scientifically known as a, a cloacal vent for uh, all, th- all all three um, items here uh, number one two and breeding as well the dinosaur's derriere is so well preserved researcher could see the remnants Um, uh, small bulges on its back door which might have uh, housed musky scent glands the reptile possibly used during courtship Um, I mean in this case I wonder if these prehistoric poopers ever had hemorrhoids Uh, it could uh, it could indeed be a ruptured raptor okay okay so we have the 21st limerick and the 21 limerick salute for the president joe biden and i think you no know, we do, we do we do without a doubt have to do a uh, a dirty limerick there's no doubt we we have to do we have to do one of the dirty ones there was a young lady named hitchin who was scratching a crotch in the kitchen her mother said rose it's the crabs, I suppose. She said yes, and the buggers are itching. Okay, so let's open the Antique Anglo arc. So in the Anglo uh, Antique arc this week, we have some more foods. Uh, we have uh, the uh, bird's eye custard trifle. Um, so basically, for all of our listeners all around the world who don't know what a trifle is, at the bottom, you have canned fruit that has jello in it, jelly. And then there's a layer of uh, English custard um, in the middle. And then it's whipped cream on top. And you have lashings of sherry. I, I remember many years ago, and my mother will attest to this I was at school and they were serving trifle. And um, the, the gentleman who was serving it, Uh, You know, gave me a dollop of this trifle. And I said, I do hope there's sherry in it, sir. My mother always puts sherry in the custard. So anyway, bird's eye custard. So that's the first one. Um, Bird's eye custard, uh, a trifle custard. And then I never remembered this, but Cadbury's did instant mashed potato. Now, I know there was an advert where there were basically robots uh, doing this smash uh, potato um, and they were making this um, rather insipid, like cement mashed potato and that was something that we uh, ate in the 80s as well uh, instant mashed potato um, and then you had the 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 delicious um, caramel or banana flavor angel delight it's basically for americans pudding and um, it's a powder you mixed it with milk stirred it up and then I think let it be in the fridge for a little bit. And you had the most delicious pudding. The caramel or, or a salted caramel, whatever it was, and the banana flavor were out of this world. It was like heaven. Heaven in a, in a little glass bowl. And all the all the children in the 80s uh, were were eating that. But the best of all, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to Vianetta. Now, I think we had Vianetta every Sunday um, during... Uh, during the summer. It was an ice cream, basically. And it was layers of creamy uh, vanilla ice cream with very slender pieces of dark chocolate spread all the way through. It was like um, dark chocolate bark uh, and chocolate on top with creamy vanilla ice cream. And you let it melt a little bit because you don't want it completely frozen, and um, it was absolutely delicious. And some of the people on Twitter were, were in celebration also of the Vianetta. I always thought Vianetta looked like cuttlefish and vice versa. Um, Thursday night, always shopping night, Vionetta gone by 8 o'clock. Uh, it was supposed to last all week. Lived on these during a three power cut. Three power cuts, we just left them outside to thaw out. Uh, Vianetta was only served in on a Sunday dinner. It was a classier ice cream. Any other night it was the uh, awful vanilla from the plastic tub. Um, and a mate was trying to impress a girl, invited around for a meal, bought a vienetta for pudding, but left it in his bag and it started to melt. He genuinely believed that if he stuck it in the freezer, it would reconfigure uh, and it did not. Um, and every time we went to my Aunt Betty's, it was the pudding of choice. vienetta hands down, uh, hands up everybody who spent ages trying to cut through the bottom layer of frozen chocolate before realizing it was the brown plastic tray so there we go that's the uh antique uh, anglo um arc this week um we had viennetta we had bird's eye uh trifle and we had the angel delight delicious dessert three marvelously 1980s desserts so thank you very much for listening to the podcast it's been a momentous week the world changes week isn't it so nice to have boring again? You know, the boring um, regiments of government going on as normal without hysteria and Twitterisms and everything else. Um, so we had our 21 Limerick salute for the Irish heritage of Joe Biden. Um, and uh, thank you very much for listening to the podcast this week. We did never ever touch on uh, Liz Hurley's uh, bikini marmalade exploits. We didn't uh, uh, touch on me trying to... Uh, reintroduce the perfect baked potato we have time next week folks we have plenty of time we have all the time in the world to discuss uh the wondrous uh baked potato and how you should cook it and liz hurley making marmalade in a bikini which i think i'm going to try this week i think i'm going to try maybe a champagne marmalade in a in a in in probably a manchini borat style this week and hopefully there won't be any smattering without a doubt but it's been lovely to have you here. Uh, it's lovely to have you uh, on the podcast this week. Keep Coming Cauliflower Cheese. Um, and uh, at Keep Cheese on Twitter. At Keep Coming Cauliflower Cheese on Instagram. Uh, like and subscribe. I'm across Spotify, Apple Music. Um, also, I'm on TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Pandora. I'm everywhere, people. Everywhere. And um, yes, lo- log in, enjoy it. Uh, I mean it it may be something maybe I could send you asleep at night if you're an insomniac it could be um, it could be the you know the the better than a sound machine although I have to say uh, my love uh, did get a sound machine and the crackling fire the crackling fire is absolutely delightful and it makes me sleep like a baby and I highly recommend the uh, the sound machine if you have trouble sleeping um, and uh, it's an absolutely wondrous invention. Um, but that's been the podcast. Uh, we are going to uh, finish with another Seamus Heaney poem, one of Biden's favourites, uh, to, uh, to close the day. It's Bell Derg. They just keep turning up and were thought as of foreign. One-eyed and benign, they lie about his house. Quernstones out of a bog to lift the lid of the peat and find this pupil dreaming of neolithic wheat when he stripped off blanket bog the soft piled centuries fell open like a glib there were the first plough marks the stone age fields the tomb corbelled turfed and chambered floored with dry turf coom, a landscape fossilized its stone wall patterns repeated before our eyes in the stone walls of mayo Before I turned to go, we talked about persistence, the congruence of lives, how stubbed and cleared of stones his home accrued growth rings, of iron, flint and bronze. So I talked of Mossborne, a bog land name, but Moss, he crossed my old home's music with older strains of Norse. I told its foundation was mutable as sound, and how I could derive a forked root from the ground, make born of English fort, a planter's ward and mound, or else find sanctuary and think of it as Irish, persistent if outworn. But the Norse ring on your tree, I pass through the eye of the quern, grist to the ancient mill, and in my mind I saw a world tree of balanced stones, querns piles like vertebrae, the marrow crushed the grounds. So I'll be back again next week for two podcasts, Friday and Saturday. Uh, for now, it's uh, Au Revoir, And uh, have a lovely week. Uh, Be safe out there and enjoy the new hope.